You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hey, y'all. My name is Shan. Welcome to Cozy Womb Podcast. This is a series for Black fathers because Black fathers matter. Black fathers matter to me. Black fathers matter to my children. Black fathers matter when it comes to my brothers, um, my mentors, my friends. They matter because they set the tone for who our children look up to. They set the tone for how men, women, children, and other elderly people feel protected, feel like, you know, everything they've struggled for was for a good cause because they've seen who they've become. And I want to, um, I don't know, I just want to shine a light on them and hear from them in a perspective that sometimes goes unheard because no one cares to ask. Sometimes people look at fathers as if, oh, that's nothing. They're supposed to do that. Why would we, you know, thank you for doing something you're automatically supposed to do? You shouldn't look for any, you know, praise or any uh, thank yous for that. That's the standard. That's the basics. You know, do what you're supposed to do. But when you have a father that's there, that's consistent, that's uh, available, that's attentive, that's caring, that's thoughtful versus an absent father versus a father that thinks his life and his now is more important than the child's future. Um, There's a difference. There's a clear difference. And I just want to show appreciation. So uh, this series, I've interviewed many, many fathers from different places, different backgrounds. And I really just want to pick their brains with different questions. So um, thank you for listening to Cozy Boom Podcast, and I hope you enjoy. Mike is like... um, a very open you can tell that he's like super loving um, when it comes to 
his children and um, just aware of uh, times where he should have spent more time with himself during fatherhood. Um, super open to the wonders of fatherhood. And I think his whole family unit is the perfect supportive system for his growth as a father. And I wish him nothing but the best. And all the children around him will grow and prosper in the right way. And so will he. And I hope you guys enjoy the show. Hey, hey, it's Anya Dula, and I am the host of Intercultured with Anya Dula. Intercultured with Anya Dula is a podcast that focuses on motherhood, culture, birth work, and travel. And it's just a place for women to come together to discuss our philosophies on motherhood, to discuss our work and birth work, if that's what we do, but mainly to bring women of all different cultures together so that we can talk about how we mother, how we hashtag do motherhood so that we can learn from one another and learn to love each other. That's really what it's all about. I hope you'll join us. Intercultured with Anya Dula podcast is available on all the major podcast stations. I hope you'll join us. Can't wait to connect. Here we go. Back to the show. Back to the show. How many have you done? Um, you will be my twentieth. Damn. Mind you, I have I still have everybody on the calendar except for one day. I think the twenty ninth I don't have somebody. But that's because um, one of the dads I wanted to record, he got booked for a wedding to um, do his photography. So we had to reschedule. So I think that's the day I'm going to reschedule him on. Hopefully he could do it. But yeah, I didn't think all these dads were going to want to do it. But this is it's dope it's dope like when you first when you first reached out i was like yo that's a dope ass idea yeah to you know to do that and then i didn't think you would say that many but that's even better that that many were willing to do it and wanted to wanted to speak on it so that's what's up yeah a lot of dads well a lot of the males in my family are very like man but i don't have no podcast though and i don't talk i'm just like I said, I'm not gonna beat you to do it, but I was just offering it to you. So, out of five of my brothers, I only asked one of them because I feel like he's comfortable in talking. The other ones, I don't feel like they're gonna be comfortable in talking, and I don't want to feel like I'm like gonna beat you up if you don't answer talking to you. Right. So I'm just like, well, I'll just use this one and not the rest. Um, but a lot of guys have been like okay I'm gonna do it and to me it's an experience for me personally because this whole like idea that you know black dads don't and they have horrible upbringings and they come out like these uh disconnected fathers and it's not the case like I'm talking to fathers that are like fully 
involved. Some of them have their kids primarily um, single dads. I'm talking to dads that have great relationships with their fathers. And I'm just like, so who's about to update this stereotype because it's incorrect? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's very incorrect. That's why this is big because, I mean, it's it's true. Like, I know nothing but good fathers. I mean, of course, you know, you know a handful that don't do what they're supposed to do, but they're not people I associate myself with. Everybody that I associate myself with that are fathers do what they're supposed to do as a dad. So I'm like, this, well, this stigma, this, um, what you want to call it, this notion, this, whatever you want to call it, that black fathers don't do what they're supposed to do. Like, I don't know where it comes from because I don't, I, I've never experienced that. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not naive to know that there are some brothers that's not doing what they're supposed to do. But a good majority of us do what we're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I hope this podcast, because I'm going to keep reposting it, I like to repost um, links and stuff. I hope it just allows people to hear and see that you know, you guys come from different backgrounds and you are human and you're just like, you know, seeing this father of this race on the street in the store picking up his kid because I feel like the stereotypes make people very like resistant when they see you guys out and about with your kids as if you're not supposed to be doing that because you don't fit into this square that they had you in in their head. And um, I think more conversations like this need to happen in order to be like, you know what? What you thought is not it. And the things that they do are regular things for their kids. And they should be treated as human beings, not like get him because he's the enemy, because he just looks like he's too, you know, intimidating. And, you know, I can't be comfortable in this space. And um, that's why I'm doing it. Well, that's dope. I appreciate you. Of course, of course. Um, if you see me speak and uh, you can't hear me, it's because I'm yelling at my children with love. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, don't be alarmed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's a, just a few questions. Um, you can elaborate however you like. You can add on. You can ask me questions. Uh, you can ask me to rephrase the question but I'm primarily my focus is your perspective, your upbringing your vision of fatherhood got it uh, okay. alright this is episode 20 of the Cozy Room Podcast my name is Shan and we have Mike from OTR Podcast how are you sir? I'm good, I'm good, my girl Shan you know, we, we rap on IG all the time. We see each other on Twitter. Now we're doing a show together. I appreciate you having me on. Of course. Of course. I had to get all the dads in my arm's reach that I could find. Um, so you're a father. Mm-hmm. And I caught a little glimpse of your son blowing spit bubbles. And I was like, oh, okay. I said, okay, <laughs> I know what I'm dealing with now. <laughs> he, he's um he's just like very 
aware of like what's going on and himself and to see him like discovering himself I feel like that's exciting even if like I'm not there physically me seeing like my daughters do that was exciting so I can only imagine how that feels for you oh it's man it's like the last I guess 13 months have been like I mean it's been a whirlwind of course but it's been like the best time ever ever because I'm watching a little human <laughs> grow up and each day he's doing something different yeah and you know I'm looking I'm kind of like looking at myself really and I and I you know my my fiance will say like it's times I look at her and I'll say yeah I can't believe I have a son or <laughs> or I'll say like damn that boy looked just like me or he acted just like me or whatever yeah. so it's just it's still a year and some change later it's still surreal surreal to me that like I have a I have a I have a child and it's it's crazy but it's it's been fun it's been fun mm-hmm. so like seeing him is like what do I want to do for myself what do I want to give myself so, so that's how you look at it yeah like it's it basically I mean I mean it's yeah I mean it's just like dude I mean even his little his little attitude his little personality is starting to show and it's like he's real silly and I, and I, I can be that way mm-hmm. um, and he could be stubborn and I could be that way so you know a lot of times I laugh at it and I just say to myself like he just giving me back what I what I gave you know? Hello. <laughs> Hello. So imagine that times 10 with two girls. <laughs> I'm just in here feeling like a whole hypocrite. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, this dude, I I'm, I tell my fiance all the time, I'm like, yeah, me and this kid, we're going to rumble one day. I could just feel it. Like, I know we're going to go at it because he just, and he can't, he can't talk. But you know, I'll I'll pop at him for doing something or tell him leave something alone, mm-hmm. and he'll he'll pop back in his little pop his little baby talk, and I'm like, yo, like who are you talking to? I mean, it, I'm sure if I could understand what you were saying, you probably telling me like, oh yeah, yo, shut up, like oh yeah, oh yeah, my three year old like that. She would quickly tell you about yourself. Just like, girl, get on your shoes. Let's go to the front of the house and let's do it. <laughs> Right. Definitely. I mean, I I see it happening. I definitely see it happening. <laughs> All right. So let's dig into the fact that okay, you have one son, right? Yeah. So so I wanna I wanna make sure I say this the right way because on previous podcast, okay, on, on our on our show, I've gotten trouble for saying this, and I say it so that people understand my family dynamic. Mm-hmm. So I have one bloodborne son, right? Yes. And then I have I have what I what I don't like to say, but I I say stepchildren, mm-hmm. so people understand the dynamic of our situation. But yeah. I mean, I'm sure as a podcaster yourself, there's certain things you say, and somebody in your DM like, "Yo, why you say that? Why? How you gonna call?" So I get this. I mean, how you gonna call them your stepkids? And I'm like, no, I love them as my own, but I, mm-hmm. I say that so people understand our family structure. So, 
my fiance had three kids before me, so we're mm-hmm. a blended family. And then we were crazy enough at our tender age to <laughs> to bring another one on. I talked her into it some kind of way. Yeah. So um, so yeah, my son is actually my first my first born child to my son. Right. Yes. So this is how I do that. So you have more children that you father. Period. Right. And that's fine because, you know, my youngest uh, daughter's dad has, you know, he's with his girlfriend and her son, which is older from another relationship, he has always been there. So he fathers him. So that's his son. And I respect that. So respect it. I got you. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Where were you born? I was born in this little small town. Um, and it's in Maryland. It's about 15 minutes outside of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, born and raised, been here my entire life. So you a Maryland person too? Yes. I was um, telling Quan. I was like, I, I used to live in Maryland. We used to live in Laurel. Well, okay, that's, that's not far from me. Okay, so that's where we used to stay. Um, I went to Deerfield Run Elementary School. Which is still there. I know exactly where that's at. (laughs) So so I found my third grade teacher on LinkedIn. So now we just be in conversation. I'm just like, this is weird. (laughs) You know what? You know what? I don't I don't want to go too far off topic, but it's interesting because I was having a discussion about my favorite third grade teacher today. Yeah. And how like this is Miss Washington my favorite teacher of all time mm-hmm. and some time had gone in between me seeing her so I happened to see her one time and I was like oh, that's what's Washington I ain't gonna say nothing but then it was just bugging me I'm like I gotta say something so I'm like no you used to teach third grade and she was like yes mm-hmm. and I was like did you teach at Guilford Elementary and she was like yes and I'm like your name was Washington she was like yes I was like hey I, listen, you were my favorite teacher. I thought I was your favorite student, but she didn't. She didn't remember me, and it broke my heart. So, like, I ended up running into her. So she was like, "Don't do that! Don't do that!" I've run across. I'm getting old now. I had so many students, but you, you do look familiar. You do look familiar. What's your name? So she asked me and all that. Yeah. So now it's crazy because I bump. I bump into her time and time again now and now she makes sure she points me out like Mike I remember you oh, right and then you you gotta give her credit because your name is Mike do you know how many right. Mikes came in her classroom so I, oh I was heartbroken I thought I was her number one Mike of all time oh man so I was like damn Miss Washington like remember the time when I came to school and I ain't washed my face and you made me go wash my face Oh, I like man. you you took care of me like come on you got to remember me so yeah but yeah man it's 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 crazy this area and it's crazy to find out how many people have, have either lived in this area or from this area mm-hmm. so yeah you 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 close you was close I'm a I'm an east coast kid so I've been in Philly Baltimore Maryland New York uh Florida and now I'm in Atlanta so. oh man so you've been yeah. up and down yeah and I don't have no parents in the military just you know a mom trying to figure out where she comfy at 
So did you, so you know it's other podcasters like my man Juice, Chilling mm-hmm. with Juice. He, um, he from out this way, he from Baltimore. I see y'all rapping, so did you know him yeah. from here? Oh y'all no, just met. Yeah. I everybody okay. podcasting I've gotten to know from podcasting. I don't I don't know anyone from anywhere else. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. But well, shout I out like to my man. Yeah, Deuce is cool. Uh what's my next question? What is your current age? My current age is thirty-eight years. Thirty-eight. Freaking old with a one year old. Yeah, I did it. I'm crazy, people. I mean- <laughs> my uh three year old dad is gonna be forty one in July, so you good. You get ready. Man. <laughs> Listen. I look at it and I'm like and then we started calculating the age and I'm like, damn, I'm gonna be that old ass parent at the graduation where they're like, Is that your grandfather? <laughs> That's not bad because I used to talk about my dad for show and tell because my dad is thirty years older than my mom. And when anybody saw him, they was like, is that your grandpa? I'm like, no, that's my dad. Because <laughs> my grandfather was, I think, two years or three years younger than my dad. So it was always like, oh, my God, you're mine. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. It's okay. That's what I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. I know it's coming, but whatever. It's okay. Kids are going to keep you young, so you'll be all right. So how old do you feel? Whew. It depends on the day. <laughs> I, knew it. I knew you were going to say that. Because today, my feet feel like I'm 70 years old. I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah, if, it depends on the day. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, he keeps me young. Mm-hmm. But there's days where I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> hey, what's that backpack? What's that I feel in my back? <laughs> Listen, I think 30s are all about okay, this is a decade that you're going to feel your body. Yes. You know what? That's, that's the God honest truth because, so I, I I forget, I'll never forget like it was yesterday. Many moons ago when I turned, um, I turned 30. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, everybody was saying, you know, 30s, the new 20. So it felt that way. And that day when I turned 31, is when I felt I felt my first eight. No lie, like that very day I woke up on my thirty first birthday, like my shoulder was hurting or something. I was like, "Yo, this shit is crazy!" Like, Listen, <laughs> my shoulder blades be burning, and I can't get massages because I'm too ticklish. So that's out. <laughs> um, I have like insoles for my shoes to see if that'll help. Not working. I'm married to icy hot. I love icy hot patches. <laughs> If you are a great friend, you will give me icy hot. I'd be like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. And um, I'm not, I'm not complaining. Like I'm grateful for life, but man, this body is no joke. You ain't lying. I mean, I'm saying way. I'm grateful for life, but yeah, depends on the day. Some days I feel like a million bucks, and some days I feel like two dollars. So. Ugh. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, I hope it gets better. Yeah. So, the first question is How did you feel when you heard the words, I'm pregnant? Oh, man. So, quick story. Shannon, listen, if you haven't figured out by 
if you haven't figured out from watching our show and listening to our show, I, I, I'm a talker, so I'm gonna keep it. Try to keep it short. That's fine. You don't have to keep it short. This is you. <laughs> so we had to. We were actually on vacation, right? Um, we were crazy people, um, and we drove to Florida from Baltimore, right, mm-hmm. to Orlando. The whole 13, 14 crazy-ass hour drive on a 15-passenger van, and we we did that. And we get there, and we got this huge house. It's a bunch of family, and she kept saying, like, Man, I feel sick, and I'm like, what? So I'm like, yo, you pregnant. I bet you you pregnant. You she called like, it? She was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pregnant. I just don't, you know, my stomach is hurt, but I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I was just riding with it. So probably we were there for a week. So probably on the third day, she was like, yo, let's go get a pregnancy test. So that's when I knew like, okay, she, <laughs> she's a little scared too, because she's saying this. Yeah. And so we went, we grabbed like, I didn't know, but she grabbed like 10 of them joints. I didn't even know she did that. What? And yeah, we got back to the house and I was downstairs mingling with the rest of the family. She was upstairs and she texted me and she was like, come here. And when I got up there, like she had like three or four tests. Like, and she was like, yo. And I like tackled her right there. I was like, oh shit. Like, yo, we got to tell everybody. And she was like, no, we can't tell nobody. <laughs> right. Y'all don't listen. Listen, you cannot say anything until like the 13th week because, you know, anything could possibly happen. And sometimes y'all just be so excited. That was the hardest 13 weeks of my life. Because I was super excited. Like I said, I tackled her. We was in Florida. So like, you know, we was having a good time. It was vacation. It was just perfect. It was like the perfect scenario perfect situation to find out like that I'm about to be a dad only thing about it I couldn't tell nobody mm-hmm. that's the only thing so you just was sitting there with that extra happy face yeah like yeah, I'm cheesing like yeah yep yep me about to be a dad <laughs> yeah so it was I mean but it it was the best it was the best feeling because you know, at one point in time, like, I always wanted kids, mm-hmm. but it got to a certain point in my age where I was like, or in my life, I was just like, yo, you know, I got her kids, you know what I mean? I'm I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just like, yo, if it don't, it don't happen, it don't happen. So for it to happen like that, I was like, like, bet, you know, it's on now. It's, it's on the popping, so. I like that. So, having a son must feel rewarding for you, it does. What do you, or what are you constantly imagining to share with him once he gets older? Oh, man. It's so much, like, (laughs) so, (laughs) like, it's, I mean, from little things, like, you know, playing catch or whatever with him all the way up to, you know, to attending a, a game, sports games with him and other things with him to, um, 
you know, just like kicking it with them. Like I, I, I want to, one of the things that I can't wait actually to be able to discuss with him and have him understand is, you know, to tell him more about his grandfather. Cause my dad, my dad passed away in 2014. So mm. my dad never, you know, of course he never met, he will never meet my dad. And, um, so I want to make sure he knows who he's named after and just how great, you know, my dad was. So I can't wait for those moments as well. And even like I, I envision, like I envision myself having that talk with him and him, you know, little kids always asking questions and I, and I can envision him asking like, well, what, what did he do? And tell mm-hmm. me more about him. So I can't, I can't wait for that. I really can't wait for that moment. That's good. See another dad that have a good dad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, which brings me to this question: Is a fill in the blank? To me, the ultimate dad is blank. Oh man, to me, the ultimate dad was was my dad. Like my dad was, my dad was everything. My dad was, you know, my first superhero. He was my best friend. He, um, I mean, everything. Like, I couldn't have asked for a better dad. And my, and the good thing about it is, I knew this and I realized this when he was here. So that's great. Like, I'm just glad it wasn't a situation that when he was gone, that I would be able to see that. Oh man, my dad was really this great. But you know, I knew that when he was here. Like, he was he was the best. So. And I and the crazy thing, <laughs> the crazy thing is, like I've had people say to me before, I even became close to becoming a father. Like, you know, hey, if you can be half the man your dad was, like, yo, you're gonna be a bomb ass father. Or, you know, I've even had people say, if I can meet somebody that's half as great as your dad was, I would be a happy person. And it's like, damn, you know what I mean? Like for people other people to recognize that too is just like damn so yeah to answer your question like that that's what it is for me that's good um what's my question what did he do for a living my dad was um my dad did so i always told people my dad um was a mechanic <laughs> But he really wasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, my dad really, he worked for one of the local governments um, where we live at. Um, you might, well, you familiar, you might be familiar with that. Are you familiar with Howard County? Yes. So he works for the Howard County government. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> Hold on. Um, is being a uh, black father with your son in a room of other parents from different cultures do you do you find yourself in like an awkward situation you know what yes and no um, I haven't really been in that's that situation much because he's so young and um then with the pandemic coming like to be honest like he hasn't had a bunch of 
outside, you know, around a whole bunch of people like that. Um, but the one time it did happen when we took him to um, this place called My Gym, which is a a kids a kids gym, and it was other parents, other fathers. Um, I think I might have been. I'm not mistaken. I might have been the only black dad there. Um, and you do get a feeling like that they looking at you different or they kind of looking at you like, wow, like here's a dad that's, that's present. Here's a black dad that's present, you know? So I kind of got that feel, but I haven't really, that's probably the, the one time that I've been in a situation where it was me um, and a whole bunch of fathers of different cultures and stuff. I, the one one, re- one reason why I like Atlanta is because you can go to like different parks and see multiple different cultures of families and just to see them interact with them, like your kids and you, it instantly teaches people. And that's why I like taking the girls to different parks and um, finding different parks in Atlanta because it makes people get like out of their awkwardness when it comes to other cultures of people. Um, so I'm always about that, but seldomly few do you see like black fathers come into the doctor's office with their kids. It's usually the mom. So when I do see it, my my on my inside, I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> but I don't want to say it like out loud, like. You know you're not supposed to be in here, but you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's just, you know, it's like another level of fathers stepping into their fatherhood because it should be a norm to see sometimes that a dad comes in and not a mom, um, that a dad and a mom comes in for a doctor's appointment. And one thing I do like about my youngest kid's dad is he was always like, okay. I'll take her to the doctor's appointment. Like he had, he never had any issue taking her to the doctor's appointment, and I never, you know, got a chance to ask him like, did you feel awkward about that? Did anybody like make you feel like you was supposed to be there? But but I think that's a common thing that some fathers may deal with, where other people make them feel uncomfortable in a room because it's not normalized that you guys are in those. Uh, atmospheres or situations with your kid but I I like to see it more often that way people can just like relax yeah I mean I think I'll say the most awkward moment for me was probably going to her appointments when she was pregnant like because I would I would I would go to I think I've been to just about every one. I think I might have missed one or two. Um, but, you know, what? it, it just kind of felt like they... And I, I talked about this on the podcast. I think I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of felt like, you know, they, they treated me like I wasn't there. Even though I was there, like, it just kind of had that feeling like, I, like, why is he here? You know what I mean? It kind of it kind of made me feel that way. So I would say that's probably the most awkward moment, even down to um, his birth and like being in the hospital. I feel like I spoke about this too on the pod that I feel like I was treated differently 
Um, and I've had some people hit me and say that that's happened to them too. Mm. But because because we weren't married oh. at the time of his, at the time of his birth, like the, I, I feel like they treat fathers. I don't know about you know. I've only talked to black fathers about this situation, but mm-hmm. I feel like they treat. I feel like I was treated different anyway, and it could have been. You know, I took it as it could have been like, you know, because here's a black man. We're not used to seeing, you know, them in there every step of the way, but, or whatever it may be. But it was, it was very awkward. And I, and I have some other brothers that hit me and say, yeah, they felt the same type of awkwardness and that feel like that, you know, they would just looked at like, oh, this isn't, this isn't normal. Why is he here? <laughs> so yeah, I would say that's. I wasn't, I've never been married and um, me and their fathers, we aren't together, but um, the youngest one, he was there, you know, because I got induced, like the whole thing, but he, he started a argument about something that happened before the baby shower on the day of me being induced. So the whole time throughout the labor and delivery he had like this mean face was talking <laughs> to me being like super distant but always like walking across my crotch while like the doctors <laughs> are in it and just like giving me like this tension feel in the labor and delivery room but the doctors were making him feel comfortable sir would you like another wow. um would you like something to drink you know, he and my other daughter was in there. He was like walking around the room with her, sitting, but on his face, it was like, I'm mad at you, don't talk to me. So my mom was in the room, so it was kind of like awkward. So I was like, okay, he's canceled out as my support person. Let me just like have her, you know, help me with stuff. But he was there and I didn't, I never gotten a chance to ask him, like, how did you feel as a man, as a black man? room because of the aura he was given but it's um the fact that black women are treated you know with struggles in a delivery room I can only imagine what you guys feel like in a delivery room uh because it's kind of like oh you're trying to be the exception but we're going to tell you what you can you can't do versus you you give me options on what I have while I'm here make me feel like I'm supposed to be here so yeah but the only thing that's going to cure that is more black men being in there regardless of them being married regardless of them being together it's just like I'm here for like the birth of my child period right right right. yeah I hate that uh, <laughs> what are three must-have combos that you have with your dad that you will have with your son? So, um, the one I I'm, one I mentioned before, mm-hmm. my dad had the conversation um, about my grandfather with me. Mm-hmm. My I, my grandfather passed when I was young, so. The same thing with him. I want to. Oh have man! So you didn't get to meet him, or did yeah, you? I, I mean, I met him, but I was like, I was young. So when he passed, like, 
you know, it was, I, I wanted to say, I think I was under 10, I think. So, you know, I would have questions, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, so I, so that's one conversation. I, I want to talk, I want to make sure, like I said, with my son, that he knows who his grandfather was. Um, <laughs> the conversation, number two, is got to be being, so my dad was really, he was really a stickler on like, things like your credit and don't jack up your credit and don't do things like that mm-hmm. and he was almost like that to a point where he was like overboard with it like he like almost protected me too much from it like yeah. stay away from credit cards da, 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 da. so by the time I got to a point where I was trying to establish credit it was like oh uh, well you didn't you didn't have a credit card so you got to start there so it was like those things but I wanted to but he also schooled me on things um you know family wise like you know how to take care of your family um how to set your family up things like that so I want to have that conversation with him and um hmm, what's the third one Uh, I don't know like my dad talk, my dad also was a talker so yes <laughs> it's genetic <laughs> yes so we had so many conversations mm-hmm. I had so many conversations and um, it would be conversations that he would call me and it was supposed to be like a five minute conversation mm-hmm. and then look at your phone and it says you were on the phone for 45 minutes and he's still talking so <laughs> so it was so many but um I don't know. I can't think of a third, but those two, for sure, I want to make sure I have with him. Was your dad comfortable being emotional in front of you? So comfortable, <laughs> probably, but yeah. did he show it? No. Like my dad was like, I mean, he was just a man's man. You know what I mean? Like he was that. He was that type of dude that was okay. This is the this is what we face with. Like, okay, how are we gonna bounce back? So he was always thinking three steps ahead. You know what I mean? So as far as showing emotion, like he didn't do it much, but he would, you know, he would he would say things, he would tell us that he loved us and stuff like that all the time. But as far as showing I've only seen I was telling somebody else's story too. I've only seen my dad cry one time. And I seen it on the sneak. It was at actually my grandmother's funeral, his mom. And like he was sitting at the pew and I looked down and he was kind of leaning forward. You know what I mean? And I seen a little shed and I was like, but that's all. Like I've never, ever, my dad left this earth without me really seeing him like have a full out cry. So, so yeah, I mean, I would, if he had to, would he be comfortable? I would assume so, but he just never, he never showed it. Do you think you would be comfortable, like, crying in front of your son? Damn, that's a, that's a good question, because I'm, I'm not, I'm typically not that dude that has a problem showing emotion, mm-hmm. um, but I'm also big on, um, 
not showing weakness as well, if that makes sense. So I don't know if it would be looked at as showing a weakness if I if I cried in front of my son. But I know I get the sense that my dad didn't didn't do it for me because you know he knows that I looked at him as a superhero and maybe yeah. he thought that if I if I seen him in a weekend moment that I would look at him a different way, which wouldn't have been the case. But so boom, I, you have your answer. So if you feel like you need to cry, show your son that you human and bounce yeah. back. But it, it, but I mean, you asking that question is I mean it's a really good question because it's like, damn. You know why I asked it? I asked it because I want to know the why behind why men especially black men are um always second guessing if i want to be emotional in front of my son i feel like when they have daughters it's easy mm-hmm. it's easy because you know it's a sweetness that your daughters give you it's a um i gotta protect her let me show her that i care but I think with sons, with black men, it's like a different type of care. And I just want more black men to understand that crying is not a weakness. It's more so like exercising your body's right to go through an, a feeling. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to cry for 10 days and 10 nights. But to get that out instead of walking up tomorrow and being pissed because you holding things in and punching something or someone is better if you just need to get that cry out and for you to you know possibly later on have a situation where you just feel like that's the emotion that you feel I just hope you know you don't feel like you need to like hide and yeah man <laughs> No, but that's, I mean, that's real talk. It it just hit me when you asked it because it was like, damn, what would I do in a situation like that? Would I, would I run? Like, would I try to hide it from them or whatever? Like, mm-hmm. that's a damn good question. Because, you know, even in Joy, I've been watching some videos, especially from Father's Day, where dads felt joy, like, from their kids. There's one dad... Um, he has like where he's colorblind and his family got him the special glasses where he can see color for the first time and he hit his face in his cry and I'm just like man if you have that emotion from joy I wish that y'all felt comfortable to show that and another dad um, his son paid off his car Mm -hmm. he 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 told him to go away so he can look so he can look at the paper further as if it was going to change that the car was paid off. And I know that go away was like go away so I could get emotional. You know what I mean? Right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, man, why can't y'all just be in that? And I just hope that y'all get to a point where y'all can be in that emotion and it just be like, I'm crying because I'm happy. I'm crying because, you know. I'm exhausted, I'm tired, I'm crying because I miss this person or I'm I'm angry so I'm crying. But I'm going to get to a solution and y'all could find that solution together but I, I just hope that you guys get to a point where that's okay. 
Yeah, I mean that's that's real. That is real. That's something that um, and, and we discussed it too when we did a um, black men mental health episode where, you know, for some reason we're wired. Well, we know why it's that way because mm-hmm. uh, the things that we face in the world, like we just feel like we have to be the strength. We feel like we got to be sh- strong at all points. We can't show any weakness. And I mean, I, I went through that myself, you know, um, when, so my dad and my mom both passed in 2014, eight months apart. Oh, man. So, me, I felt like I had to be my dad. You know, I had to hold the family together like he would have. And I think I did a good job, but I realized later on, like, yo, that was too much for me to to take on. And it beat me down because I wasn't able to show and release my hurt and my feelings at that time because I didn't want I felt like if my family my sisters and everyone would have saw me broken down mm-hmm. that it would have trickled down to them and you know they would have lost hope that we would be okay so um, but I but I, <laughs> like I said sometime after that I realized like yo you should have taken that moment and you needed that moment and you deserved that moment you know what I mean so well, we know we know better going forward, though. Yeah, we we're better at taking care of people when we take care of ourselves first. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, what does bonding with your kids look like? Oh, man, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> so it depends. So you know. Our bonding moments as a family has been changed by this pandemic shit because, you know, usually um, when they aren't with their, spending time with their, their father, like, we do, we would do something, whether we went to the movies as a family, as we went go-kart riding, as we went, um, I don't know, to out to eat together. We would always just do something to get out of the house. So all of you, with their dad also, y'all do stuff together. Well, now, so, I mean, now, like, birthdays and things like that, like, we all do, we all get together for that. But even when they would, um, because, you know, they spend time with their dad. They have their Mm -hmm. days with with their dad and days with us. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, when they would come with us, we we would always find something to do. But it's it's changed so much. So, So now the bonding time is, like, Hey, y'all want to watch a movie? Or listen, do you know how hard <laughs> it is to find a movie everybody want to watch? Exactly, exactly. That's that takes about an hour, right there. <laughs> so it's like, and by that time, I didn't crept upstairs and threw yeah. something else on. So yeah, but it's it's that or we'll just sit around and I mean, it it, it kind of happens impromptu, but. Now our our bonding moments are kind of centered around my son because we're all enamored with his growth mm-hmm. and watching him grow. So we'll find ourselves sitting there watching him, and we tripping off of him because he, like you said, you saw him blowing uh, spit bubbles or he, you know, he doing a little lip thing where he's flipping his lip. It's, it's all of that. 
I'm 33 years old and I still remember when I figured out how to blow spit bubbles and keep it on my lips <laughs> and then pop it. So I, I get it. We see eye to eye on that. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, what is one unknown fact about fatherhood that no one warned you about? Come on, Shane, with all the good questions. Um, let me see. One known fact about fatherhood that no one warned me about. You know what? For me, right? I don't know how many brothers went through this or how many will admit going through this. But I guess going into fatherhood and being a first-time father, and then him being a, a boy at that, I'm like, oh, my son gonna love me. Because kids love me, period, right? Yeah. But I had moments where he was probably early, like his early, his early time with us. So maybe two, three, four months old. Mm-hmm. That whole breastfeeding thing and like only one in his mind, like his mom could only calm him down. Yeah, and it hurt me. It, it hurt me. Too. Like I took it personal. Like my lady had to sit me down and say, "Babe, like you cannot take that personal. Like you got to realize that he's been in my body mm-hmm. for that time. I'm his source. I'm his food source. So you know he 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 feels that connection with me. But you can't take it personal. She was like, "Trust me, it's gonna be a time where." He won't want me. He only only gonna want. He's only gonna want you. And so it took it took some time, but like I really was hurt. Like real talk. Like I'm 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 gonna drop this exclusive on your show. But like yo, like I like I cried. I had a moment where I cried because I couldn't understand. Like damn, why can't I? Why can't I soothe my son? Why can't I? Why can't I calm him down? Why can't I make him feel better? Mm-hmm. You know, it was that whole feeling of damn, my son doesn't like me or whatever. Like I went through that shit, and um, and it wasn't no one. All of my boys that have kids, like no one ever said that to me. So that was something that I wasn't expecting to go through, but I definitely did. Okay, so here's a solution for that for any dads listening. Um. I breastfed both of the girls until they were like four months. But it's equally important that your child, male or female, gets like items with like your scent on it. Right. Um, Whether it's like a hoodie or a blanket. Um, And also that that skin to skin still at home is important. Mm -hmm. And if she is breastfeeding, to also pump and put in like a, a freezer bag for breast milk, and then you can like warm that bottle up. Get the the bottle that has a nipple that looks like a boot, and give it to him. And then just you have that bond time with him while he's eating, and that would have like balanced that out a little bit, so he wouldn't feel like she was the only go-to option for uh, eating. Because the thing is, you can breastfeed and pump and mm-hmm. use a bottle at the same time. You just have to balance it out. Um, but that's that's what would help that. Because Yeah, I mean, uh, so we did that, like, 
she would pump, you know what I mean? And like, I would feed him and Mm -hmm. he would be cool, but it would just seem like whenever he would be in any moment of distress or upset or crying, like, you know, I would be like, all right, I got him, I got him. I'll try to rock him and he would, (laughs) he wouldn't, (laughs) he did not want that. But once I gave him back, once I gave him to her, he was all good. And I was just like, damn. Like, Shoot, at, least, at least you wasn't the mom and your mom felt like the cure because <laughs> I just had like Anya was like a kid where you didn't even know there was a newborn in the house you know what I'm saying she's very chill and then you have like Aria who's like whiny could never be pleased we didn't become friends until after she turned one <laughs> and I'm just like, girl, like I don't know what you need. There was like, there was days where I just like call her dad, and I'm just like, I'm about to put her outside. <laughs> like she doesn't want me. My mom would like bathe her like at 3 a.m., swaddle her, put on her hat, and then she was like, all right, I'm gonna be quiet for like two hours for you. And I'm just like, whose kid is this? I want a <laughs> refund. <laughs> but you know, kids are kids are different. Kids are different. But um, yeah, I could see how that was frustrating because it was frustrating for me sometimes. Yeah, I was just like, I, I was like really hurt. I'm like, damn, <laughs> I'm I'm hurt. Like this dude don't want nothing to do with me now. I can't get rid of him. <laughs> like I gotta, I gotta yeah. sneak out the house because if he see me leaving, he gonna cry and, oh, and all that. So yeah, it's but yeah, no one no one warned me to that. But I definitely it was definitely mm-hmm. something I went through. Uh, okay. My next question for you is I'm filling the blank. I love being a father because blank. I love being a father because hmm. you know what? I love it because I'm now responsible for this young human and young man's upbringing mm-hmm. and um, you know it's a sense of pride in that because especially what's going on now you know I feel like we as black men and then black people in general like there's certain tones that we need to be able to set in our own families um, before they our kids go off to school and you know, because or even when they're in school, is it's but still teaching them when they come home from school to know what it is to be who they are, and um, I'm wearing that like a badge of honor. Like I want to make sure, um, you know, he's he's fine with who he is, and, um, and he can be the best person that he can be, and I mean, shit, and be better than you know me, be better than whoever his grandfather, whatever. So. I think that's the best thing about it. Like, I, you know, that feeling of somebody counting on you, it's, it's a certain motivation that gives you, um, you know, just to, like, it was weird. Like, you know, before he was here, I got to be to work. I got to be to work at 630 in the morning. So I'm up mm-hmm. early. And, um, you know, before he was here, it would be those mornings where I'm dragging, like, and I should just call out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, after he got here, those moments of, you know, waking up and like, like they, I would look over at him, and they would be gone. Cause I'm like, all right, bet I gotta grind. I'm about to grind for this dude. You know what I mean? Even though I don't want to, if I even, 
if I don't want to go, like looking at him, it's a it's a reason to shake that shit off. Like he's your reason. So let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's make the day happen. Do you ever feel guilty? Um, I don't know how long of a day you work, but just missing those hours with him going to work. I did at first when I first. So I'm that I'm that dad that took leave when he was born. So I was yeah. off for like. Three. <laughs> I, I didn't play no games. Like I was off for like three months. Because okay. I wanted to, I wanted to make sure like I was with him for those first, you know, those those crucial months of his life. Those those beginning months of his life. I love months. it because a lot of dads don't ask for that time off. Oh, I went straight at him like, yo, I'm out. And they were, you know, I'm in a leadership, I'm in somewhat of a leadership role at my job. So, mm-hmm. you know, I have my bosses like hey, when he coming back, and I'm like, yo, you don't ask anybody else that takes time off to be with their son, so I don't know yet. <laughs> but I'll, I'll let you know when I'm coming back, but don't don't hold your breath, because I'm not coming back no time soon. So, um, so when I first went back, though, it was those moments like, God, damn, what am I going to miss, you know? But, um, you know, my lady, she she recognized that. So, like, she kept me in the loop with the FaceTime calls and the pictures and Major stuff like key. that. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, that was huge. That is, it's huge. She still does it to this day. Like, she sent me a picture um, earlier today while I was at work of him doing something. And it's like, you know, it'll take me away from what I'm doing at that time. It'll give me a chuckle or whatever. So, it helps with that big time, but yeah, I did have a few. I did have moments like that early on. Okay. Another fill in the blank. Uh, fathers deserve support from others because blank. Fathers deserve support from others because, I mean, believe it or not, um, it's a certain everything that I just explained of why I'm happy to be a father. Um, it's a, it still comes with a lot of pressure. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's pressure behind and raising these kids and raising, you know, these sons and these, even these daughters, everybody. It's, it's, it's pressure behind it. So we need support, um, especially for people like me who is a new dad. Um, you know, I needed that, that support and I needed that you know, pat on the back sometimes to be like, yo, you're doing good or you're doing all right. You know what I mean? Because I mean, I had moments where I struggled also with not knowing if I was doing enough or if I'm trying to do too much or, you know, so it was that balance of, you know, figuring that out. Like, yeah. you know, all right, damn, I ain't do, I ain't do shit. Like I'm, I felt like it was moments where I felt like I wasn't doing enough or anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, so support in situations or for situations like that is is huge for fathers. Do you feel appreciated as a dad? I do, I do. I mean, like you know, well, this Father's Day, my my fiance, I, well, I keep her name is Kamisha. So, <laughs> so um, <laughs> like Misha, really, she really went all out, um, and I'm again that DNA thing being like my my own dad like my dad never expected anything from Father's Day um, you know we would ask him what he wanted and he'd be like nothing so we had to 
if we were gonna get him anything, we had to figure it out on our own. So I was kind, of, I was the same way. Like yeah. she, she like, what you want? I'm like, I don't know. So everything that she did, like she did on her own, even to down to dinner. Like she asked me what I wanted, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it was just like I, I'm good. Like you don't have to do. And so she just took it upon herself to like, you know, plan this day for me, and it, and you know, it being my second official one. Um, a second official Father's Day, like, yeah, she made me feel really appreciated. That's it. That's what I like to hear. Uh, growing up with your dad, what did it teach you? My dad taught me, oh man, he taught me discipline. He taught me, um, I mean, he just taught me how to he just told me how to be a man like I think sometimes um, we run into that with our kids or especially our boys who don't have that father figure or whatever they're like you know sometimes we miss in that that step of being taught how to be a man and how to handle situations the biggest thing though that I would say that I got from my dad um, is like problem solving. Like my dad, honestly, and I'm nowhere near as good as he is or he was, but my dad, (laughs) no lie, felt like whatever question or problem you were having, he had to answer some kind of damn way. I don't know where he got it. I don't know who he got it from, but he taught me like how to problem solve your own issues like hey all right you don't know okay i don't know i don't know who is the best mechanic in the area but hey this is how you find out you know what i mean or this is what you do this is what you look into or um i mean it was just it was just stuff like that like he was just he was perfect he, he was just amazing at that. I, don't, I don't know i don't know where he knew or how he knew this shit but i'm mm-hmm. telling you like that's probably one of the biggest things my family, my, me and my siblings misses. Like, whenever we were in a rut or any any type of situation, we could call him and he would have he would know how to fix it. So I think I've taken on that somewhat, and um, and handling it without being getting flustered. You know what I mean? That's how my uncle was that I said you remind me of. He, um, you would call him up, and be like, man. Ron, I da, 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 da. And he's like, all right, I'm going to look some stuff up and I'll call you back. He going to call you back with options. He going to tell you where to go. He going to give you some numbers. He was excellent at like typing up papers um, when it came to talking to people on a professional level and getting things done. And I'm just like, man, this man is a gem. And it was just like really... Uh, like a protected feeling to know you had access to somebody with the yep. abilities to make the wrongs okay. Yep. 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 Yeah. It was a huge, that's, that's a perfect way to put it. Like you, you just felt like you had that fallback cause you knew, mm-hmm. um, cause I knew my dad would have an answer. So once he, once my dad passed, it was like, all right, that's a moment. That's something that I'm really going to have to grow up on. All of us had to grow up on. Yeah. Because we we didn't have that fallback anymore. Yeah. When he passed, I kind of felt um, selfish because I wanted him to still be here. 
But at the same time, I felt happy that he could relax now for real because he was always that person running around doing for somebody else. Um, but at the same time, he was the only black man that I knew that was on top of like his health, on top of like his eye appointments, his dentist appointments, him going to the doctors, him getting his uh, checking his colon. Like he wasn't like, oh, I don't go to doctors. Like he was always on top of that also. But at the same time, it's kind of like, man, like he gets to rest now because he was mm-hmm. never like well rested because he's always worried about if the next person is okay. So um, yeah, completely get. I can imagine how your dad was. Yeah, uh, yeah. just by that that's good he had like a solid solid, solid uh, father figure yeah I'm telling you my dad was the shit like and I don't just say that cause he was my dad but like Quan, Brandon Alex all of them that were on the, that's on the show mm-hmm. they'll tell you like they all knew my dad um, and they'll say the same thing and sometimes it's time to time they'll say like yo you acted just like your dad <laughs> <laughs> And you know, and that's we always get a kick out of that. But yeah, my dad was a really good dude. That's good. Um, my next question for you is if I could improve one thing for black fathers, it would be blank. Um if there's one thing I can improve for black fathers, I would take away I would take away that that what we kind of talked about earlier, you know that that stigma, that cloud that's over top of us, um, that we don't want to be here, or that we that we aren't present, or that we um, we aren't active, we we run away from being fathers and shit like that. I, I would take that away because um, I think. Um, sometimes there's a you know we get that unfair shake there's a lot of brothers out here that want um, to do right that's been doing right that's you know just looking for a chance to do right but because we get that unfair shake from people and sometimes we, the, the sad part about it is sometimes we even get that from our own folks you know what yep. I mean so and, disappointing yeah yeah so it's like you know if I could take it, if it's one thing I could take away from four black fathers, it would be that. Like everybody got a clean shit, clean slate. Let me, you know, let me show you that I don't want to be here first before you mm-hmm. assume that I'm the, I'm that's who I am. Right. Okay. I get that. I'm with it. Uh, my goal for my son in life is blank. My goal for my son in life is to be 10 times, 30 times, 100 times better than I am. Um, A better man than I am, a better person, better everything. Um, I want him to make 10 times more money than I make. I want him to, um, hey, if he wants to have 10 times more kids than I have, um, I, I I want him to to just be. I want him to strive to be better than than the best of the best for him, and I I would hope that I would be the best of the best for him. So I want him to be 
way better than me. Mm. Love it. Love it. My last question for you. <laughs> um, three things about fatherhood that is underrated. Go. Three things about fatherhood that's underrated. Oh, um, let's see. Underrated. I don't know. Like, I don't know about I don't know about other cats, and I don't know about some of the other fathers that you interview. But like, maybe it's me being a new father. Like every every moment about it is like is great. It's no it's no underrated. Like I cherish every moment, and I don't know if it it could be just me because I'm just new to this thing. But yeah. I don't know if it's anything that I find to be underrated. That's a, another good question, Shan. Uh, um, yeah, I don't think I find anything to be under. Is he walking yet? Yeah, he now. So he's at that point where he's he's walking, and he adds the halfway run to it. So he he'll, he'll he's starting to to pick it up and okay. do a halfway little run how, stumble thing. How did you feel um, the first time you witnessed it? Like? Like in the physical, not on FaceTime, but you witnessed the walk for the run. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like he really walking, like you know, <laughs> he's like he's growing up, and he would like he would take you know little steps here and there. But um, his brothers, his brothers and sisters actually um, motivated him to take the full like full on walk tip, like he did because. Uh, they came they were over here and like you know like I said for me and her he was taking a step or two but he was so excited that they were home that it was like I was just playing with y'all those, those couple of steps I'm I'm good I'm ready to start walking so yeah um, but it was you know again those milestone moments with children like you always remember you'll never forget those things well I hope you uh, continue to keep enjoying the little things because they grow like nobody's business and um, I just want to thank you for stepping into your fatherhood role uh, with your son and also with your other kids and just bringing that joy to a home where all of you are like pitching in and doing it together it completely makes a difference in kids for them to see that and um, continue to pour into your MP3. I appreciate it. Shan, I, I want to say, listen, I want all your listeners to know that what you're doing here is amazing. Um, the, all the Black fathers that you're interviewing, uh, I'm sure we all feel the same way and I feel confident and comfortable in speaking for them right now and saying, we appreciate you. This is a great thing. Um, thank you for highlighting us, giving us a platform to to speak out um, of how fatherhood affected us or is it is affecting us, asking some really good questions. Um, so to offer up your platform to do this for us, we appreciate you. So thank you. Thank you very much. You are definitely welcome, and I would do it again. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, this is good. Do you want to tell the people um, where to reach you? Yeah, so um, if for all my Twitter people, I am OTR underscore Mike. Um, I follow you. Follow me. I follow you back. I'm not one of those those funny. <laughs> I'm not one of those funny active people on Twitter. So I mm-hmm. welcome all followers. Um, Instagram, you can check us out at OTR underscore podcast. Um, Facebook is OTR underscore podcast. Uh, we also off the record podcast on YouTube and you can also find our shows on all your listening platforms from Apple to Spotify to Stitcher to all of the above so check and us get out. that merch get that hey, merch get that. <laughs> hey let me tell you like you killing it I just saw the I just saw the fanny pack man I was so good they dropped that I was like ooh I'm gonna go put that on here because for me I know it's a manly thing, um, but I'm more so hoping like women get it or like moms or people that work out get it. Because when I work out or when I'm at work or when I'm wearing something that doesn't have pockets, when I'm with my girls, it's just so much easier to stuff the stuff in the the fanny pack. Not because I want to wear it because it's fashionable. I'm wearing it because my hands are free because they always doing stuff. Right, right. That's, I mean, you kill it. Like, you're, I, I look at your designs and I'm like, damn, we can't do nothing like that. Yes, you That's can, because I'm not using <laughs> anything else. But um, what's on Teespring, I just, you know, I play with it um, while I'm researching other stuff because I'm always trying to figure out and listen to other things. Um, and I'll just play with it because if I'm not working, I'm up all hours reading or listening to something. Dope. Well, hey, get get that merch from Shane. Get that merch from us. We appreciate all of y'all. We appreciate the listeners, man. The love, all the fellow podcasters. We appreciate y'all. It's it's all love on this end. Most definitely. Thank you. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.